Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Club or country? RCB or SCG? Namibia or Yemibia? Trying to keep two very, very rich people from beating each other and everyone else senseless, this is the Gorilla Cricket Podcast. This is all about cricket. Gorilla cricket. Not just runs and wickets. So come and get it. Gorilla cricket podcast. Hello and welcome to the Gorilla Cricket Podcast. We're recording on Saturday, the 16th of May, 2020. Ten years to the day since England's men's T20 World Cup triumph in Bridgetown, Barbados. And less gloriously, seven years to the day since three Rajasthan Royals bowlers, including former India international Srisant, were arrested in a match-fixing probe that eventually ended N. Srinivasan's reign at the top of the BCCI and ICC. Well, his first one, anyway. And it's to discuss the men's T20 World Cup and the IPL that we three meet. Who three? Well, I'm your host, Nakalem Pandey, here in London, and I'm joined, firstly, live from uh, gorgeous but uh, struggling Cape Town, by the owner and editor of Cricket Fanatics magazine, Khalid Mohideen. Khalid, welcome to the Gorilla Cricket Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. And returning to the show, coming us to us from uh, strict lockdown in one of the world's other great cricketing cities, namely Bombay, co-founder and editor of Crit Tracker, Ankit Mishra. Welcome back, Ankit. Hey, thanks, Nakul. Thanks for having me. With cricket beginning to have conversations in earnest about resuming activities, there is a problem. The biggest revenue generator in franchise cricket and the ICC's most high-profile tournament of the year are potentially competing for the same slot in the calendar. Let's start with a survey of the landscape. Uh, Ankit, what are the current options on the table for the staging in this calendar year of 2020 of the IPL and the T20 World Cup? Uh, Let me start with the IPL. So, Inside Indian cricket, everybody's accepted the fact that we might actually not have an IPL. Though they are definitely contemplating how to squeeze one in. Uh, do we do like somewhere on a neutral venue? Do we cut down the uh, like the matches and 
try to sneak that in but uh, very recently i even read bcci president saurav ganguly talk about it and he said uh, unless situation go, goes back to normal we might actually have to do away with it so no matter how much they wanted like billions of dollars that are at stake for the bcci but no matter how badly they wanted unless situation really improves getting an ipl in is extremely difficult especially considering uh, the situation here in india uh, the the spread is actually just increasing every day we have higher number of cases uh, the population is not a blessing uh, even if we want to stage it behind closed doors extremely difficult considering a neutral venue you still expose the players not like if you consider only in, i just read matthew had suggested we should do an ipl with just indian players but even if you want to do that you still risk a lot of players uh, in general very very risky unless you have like a vaccine or a treatment out there uh, staging an ipl doesn't seem very likely sorry that's a pretty significant concession to even consider thinking about because when you we spoke a few weeks ago kind of when not when all this started but when we first started to have to consider these things so cricket uh the idea then of there not being an ipl at all was not even being uh publicly hinted at let alone actually talked about by uh by people in significant uh, positions of power so the this landscape has changed very drastically because the cases have increased in india uh, earlier people considered that with a lockdown we might be able to restrict the uh, the contraction but then it has it hasn't been the case and the numbers are only increasing the healthcare is now under pressure uh, all the facilities everywhere the government's trying to revive the economy all of that steps but then uh, lockdown in most major places like say mumbai delhi all the major cities in india are still extended uh, even with otherwise if it is there is like a, a release in the lockdown there still will be a need for social distancing but with the kind of population that we have in india uh, and this like the landscape the population explosion very difficult to manage something like that so uh, now people are actually talking about it in the open because there is very little option left that i think that's a as good a sign of any of the of the times to which we've we've come so that the, the the ipl uh is is potentially under threat um khalid um the the t20 world cup obviously this is more of a of an international uh, concern although uh, south african players have uh, and other players have done very well out of the out of the ipl where where do we stand in terms of the i guess the more informed speculation about the t20 world cup yeah well there was talk obviously about it been behind closed doors etc and all of those type of things and obviously faf coming out and speaking about having the world cup still with quarantines on both ends of the of the actual tournament um but i think with the amount of cases happening all around the world and especially the major countries um i mean obviously i'm keep talking about india and and the struggle in india of course um to have it i think australia with regards to australia being a place that hasn't had really as many co- as many cases as 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 the other parts of the world they saying um the more concern is about getting those players safely over into those countries from their countries respective countries and making sure that they are screened and healthy to go, to go there i mean my my opinion would be to cancel it completely i think that at the moment we have to have to make sure that everybody is obviously safe and healthy and and is not spreading it amongst each other i mean um south africa is a difficult case with corona at the moment because i mean um yes we've stopped the spread to stop the curve and try to prolong it our president did the things that he did so that he can prolong it 
and so that we can also create structures or be able to um, formulate certain places and make sure that everybody's equipped to deal with it when it does increase because the automatic reaction is that or the assumption is that it is going to curve is going to increase again and that more people are going to get infected um, so it's, it's quite tough I think that with regards to the T20 me personally I would cancel it and and in terms of the and in terms of the IPL I mean we'll come on to this in, in the in the wrap-up but just to uh, just to kind of set the scene your uh, uh, I guess I guess I'll get you to answer each other's questions uh, Kyle in terms of uh, the logistics and even desirability of staging the IPL so for me, nothing's better than international cricket, <laughs> obviously. So that's just my assumption. I think maybe from a from a commercial side of things, IPL, what IPL does for cricket and for cricketers in the world, is a massive, massive income salary for a lot of the South Africans that do go there and from people from other parts of the world. I mean, South Africa's global T20 league, for example, I don't think it's at that level yet where you can say that the players are getting enough um, money from it or contracts that are big enough that can cover them for or set them up for life. I mean, a guy like Chris Morris, for example, who's in and out of the South African teams, in and out of the domestic teams, for him to get a million dollar contract in, in the IPL, it's a massive thing for him. It's a massive opportunity for him. Um, some of our youngsters that, that get picked up as well. So a lot of, it's an amazing experience for them. So I think for me personally, desirable wise, international cricket is nothing better than that. Yeah, uh, obviously international cricket is still uh, the the pinnacle of the sport. Although uh, how long that will be the case for is uh, is open to question. Uh, Ankit, uh, we've got a pretty pessimistic picture about the the two twenty World Cup from uh, from Khalid. Uh, where how does it look from where you're standing? So as far as T Twenty World Cup is considered, the ICC is already contemplating that uh, because they already have another one lined up next year. So they might as well. I read somewhere today they might push it back. It pushed this one to 2022. So where we will have one in 21 and one in 22. So uh, again, see, uh, doing a tournament like the like the T20 World Cup, you are flying in players from across the world. Logistics, getting the players, the management, all of that. Then you have to put them up at some place. The exposure is so high that you cannot contain their contact with you. Even if you want to keep them in isolation for two weeks before and after, during a match, the ma the players, the officials, just the essential people, and at the hotel, they travel. All of that stuff to contain all of that in such a situation is extremely difficult. And unless most countries lift travel vans and they are willing to risk their players, uh, till the time you don't have like a vaccine, you are still risking it, right? Even if you take all the precautions in the world, you still are at risk. And... I'm not very sure if India would want to risk their top players. If I'm just talking in India context, uh, no country would actually want to do that. For sure. Um, and we've uh, we've confronted this uh, issue or begun to confront this issue in here in the here in the UK with with talk of the West Indies uh, sending over a, a very large sort of squad plus to the to the UK and a number of uh, of Caribbean uh, cricket commentators and 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 people involved in, in cricket in the Caribbean, including uh, Guerrilla Cricket's own Matt Wilson, Patrick Hewitt, host of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, have, uh, have raised the question that uh, actually it's a, huge, uh, it's a huge thing to ask of people from, uh, coming from uh, various Caribbean nations who actually have done very well to control and contain the, uh, the COVID pandemic, uh, helped by a certain amount of isolation, of course, but 
geographically speaking. Uh, and Michael Atherton in the Times wrote this week that uh, that West Indies and Pakistan would be owed a huge uh, debt of gratitude by by England if uh, if they did manage to come over and tour and essentially uh, get English cricket uh, going again. Uh, the unspoken uh, what if of that was uh, the you know, whether that gratitude will actually happen from one of Eng- one of the uh, world's richest boards, uh, which uh, remains to be seen. Uh, and in an Indian context, uh, I saw uh, Ravi Shastri uh, said, uh, I think this morning or just yesterday, that he, yeah. uh, and again, this is probably with, a, with an India or BCCI uh, hat on, because the, for those of you who, who don't know, the links between the BCCI and the Indian national team are far closer than uh, the equivalent link between the ECB and the, uh, and the English national team. Uh, he was saying that the, the IPL should take uh, should take precedence, and that the uh, the ICC's tournament, uh, the uh, the thing which India don't control most of the revenues for, uh, if we're being uh, cynical slash realistic, uh, should be uh, should be prioritised. Um, well, we'll come on to what uh, what Faf uh, said in the in the second half of the show. But um, does the fact does you alluded to it? Does the fact that there is a, a World Cup in twenty twenty one make it easier to do as, as uh, uh, as Ravi Shastri said, and prioritise uh, a a domestic tournament in a sense, in essence, yeah. although the IPL is much more than that. So, like he said, uh, first going to a domestic tournament is far easier. But even with the IPL, you have players coming from all different backgrounds from all parts of India. Even if you want to do an only India IPL, if you want to get foreign players, then the largest risk is travel. The most people have got infected when they are at something like an airport and uh, even now in India right now most healthcare workers and the essential services people are carrying it and they are like infecting more people so then you cannot travel without the airports you need the airports you need access to that it is literally taking hours the other day I was reading up somebody traveled uh, across the world and they had to sit at Hong Kong airport for about eight hours because that's the duration you get tested till the time your result is not out you're not let into the country so if we are looking at stuff like that, if there is regulation like that in place, you cannot host multiple matches. You cannot even get players to work from one place to other in a matter of days. So I'm not very sure on how they, ma- they plan on doing this. In a country like India, considering today, I don't see an IPL happening in 2020. So Ravi Shastri's suggestion is <laughs> somewhat typical of Ravi Shastri. Very uh, optimistic. He- <laughs> I was going to say bombastic, uh, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, Ravi Shastri banging the banging the drum. Uh, Khalid, um, the so I'd like to get your opinion on on what what if anything that the fact that there is another T Twenty World Cup scheduled in twenty twenty one does for this, and also on Ankit's suge- suggestion that we might have twenty twenty one World T Twenty 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 two World T Twenty 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 three fifty over World Cup. Uh, there has already been a, a war of words between the BCCI and the ICC about future international tournaments. Uh, could this get even messier than we already thought it was going to get? Seems like it seems like it um, because I mean, for me about World Cups, for me it's more about the glory of a World Cup. It's the, the excitement of it. You want to look forward to it. I mean, if you have one every single year, it just takes the, the fairy taleness about it. The, way for me. I feel that it needs to be something that you look forward to. Every four years is a nice gap. I mean, yes, we will basically 
um, with regards to T20s. Now it's going to be, like you're saying, these, these World Cups after each other. I mean, it takes the nostalgia away from the tournament for me, I, I think. Um, and uh, the, the, as well, when you're talking about now, when you were saying about with regards to the 2020 World Cup and you were talking about obviously going there and I know you want to talk about FAF in the, in the later stages and et cetera, but with regards to sending so many teams, everybody obviously has to be able to get in, in this pandemic, obviously everybody needs to get tested. Who's going to pay for all that testing for every single team, every single squad member. Someone gets injured over there, then the next person needs to get tested. Travel costs, all of that, et cetera. Who's going to come? Because you're now staying there extra days, um, obviously before the time to make sure that you, you're in a safe area, et cetera. So you're 100% spot on with that. Um, I think it's going to get a lot messier, and especially if the BCCI is involved and with the ICC, and you know that there's been a lot of fights between the two. Uh, it's, it's not, it hasn't been um, covered up very well. I mean, they are quite um, vocal about it. And um, I mean, I, I guess if one of those parties are upset, uh, it can get quite messy. Yeah, uh, Ankit, as I said, we've already seen this sort of Gongoli announced his intentions to basically take on the uh, to take on the ICC before he was even appointed. Uh, I alluded to uh, somebody who might be behind the scenes of that in my intro. Um, but it's not difficult to see the the motives potentially behind uh, the likes of sort of Gongoli and Ravi Shastri making uh, these these sort of statements uh, uh, at this time. So uh, to be very honest, the in the order of resumption of things in India or across the world, uh, even if I don't want it, but sport is and will be one of the last few things that will resume. Sport is not essential. Uh, it is entertainment at the end of the day. right? So for people to risk their value, it is their life and risk everything else for a game of cricket is extremely difficult. Uh, and another, uh, another factor to consider here is most players are not getting practice right now. All of them are at home. Even if they have, like somebody like Virat Kohli might have a private practice, but most of the players don't. And if you, even if you consider India, outside it becomes more difficult. And then you are expecting them from a, uh, from a scenario where they've not got any cricket for more than two months, three months, to then go on and play a larger tournament. They might not be physically and mentally fit to do that. That is a challenge we are not even considering. So f- the first stage of resumption would be where they can go and practice. Then say maybe a few matches. You don't, you cannot host a tournament b- with players not prepared for it. Even if I'm just talking IPL, a tournament as taxing as IPL, players go out cold and they get injured or something, whatever might happen. The first st- step always has to be things going back to normal, enough for players to at least go out and play a few warm-up matches, practice. If they are able to manage stuff like that, even if uh, it is for like a bunch of players, then we can talk about them traveling or anything else. But I don't see that happening at least in the next few months. Uh, I don't know where we stand in terms of like a global release of a vaccine. But if that were to happen in the next few months, we would still be looking at few months from there. So if to be a stand in the middle of May right now, maybe July, August, we get like a vaccine. October, November, we might start practice. I'm I'm trying to be as realistic as possible. Maybe by the end of this year, we start resumption of cricket somewhere. Yeah, this isn't a this isn't going to be a, a popular thing for for anybody in the in the cricket media uh, to say. But I think we it's important that we take all of these factors into into consideration and are uh, and are realistic with our. Uh, with our prognoses and, and what we're putting out into the 
into the world. I mean, as far as as far as a vaccine is concerned, I think where we functionally stand with regards to a global vaccine is nowhere um, because we're not uh, we're we're not close to that actually being a a, a practical uh, reality. Um, I've alluded to a couple of times. We were going to talk about this later, but let's talk about it now. Uh, the sexiest man in cricket, Faf Duplessis, was talking to uh, Bangladesh ODI captain Tamim Iqbal this week in a live chat, and he suggested uh, with, uh, with with the sort of typical Faf uh, forward-thinking uh, qualities. I mean, he's not captain anymore, but he's still thinking strategically uh, of hosting the T20 World Cup with a two-week quarantine window either side. Uh, of uh, of the tournament, so that's the whole thing lasting uh, about six weeks. If you include the uh, what is essentially a qualifying tournament uh, at the start of it, which the ICC are trying to uh, put forward as uh, as the first as the first group stage. Uh, Khalid, that you've uh, you've spoken to and and, and met Farfa a, a few times. Um, this is uh, this sort of uh, quite fully fleshed out idea is not um, is not unusual for Faf. Uh, most optimistic person in the world, really. Seriously, that was optimistic. But uh, he's always trying to look for a solution and always trying to think of the positives in everything. That I'm incredible person, incredible man, incredible cricketer. I feel um, I'm very sometimes very underappreciated. I mean, when he was when his captaincy was was questioned a lot by the by the fans and us running a fan channel, we can see that right hand. Um, we can see that right in front of us. We can see those comments coming in when people were saying that he needs to let go of the captaincy, etc. And how positive he remained through all of that, and how he's always put the country with regards to that. He said he wants to play and he wants to play for the country, etc. And be first. But now my concern about this is especially the poorer countries. If if they're going to go with this type of mentality, then it has to be a lot of testing that has to take place. And who's going to cover those costs? I know CSA is in massive debt. I don't know if they're going to be able to get every single player the vaccines and they're going to take their own money out to their pockets. They don't have IPL contacts for them. Where's the money going to come from for the vaccine? <laughs> so uh, uh, it's a, a side joke. But I mean, with regards to what you said, um, which I want to add on a little bit, is the fact about training and um, also about getting prepared for a world tournament like the World Cup. South Africa particularly hasn't played enough T20 cricket now in the last couple of, in this last year, to be able to even, I don't think they even know what the T20 squad will be. They're still, they're still juggling between whether they should bring AB back or not bring AB back. They're still juggling between um, what their best 11 is. We don't even know. So where's the time for us? West Indies was supposed to be a massive, massive tour for us to, to understand where we are and where we stand with regards to the, the personnel alone. I mean, then when how do we prepare for a tournament like that? And generally speaking, you normally have the, you, want, you can't really um, use the IPL as maybe as practice because it's not the same level. Because um, not first of all, not all of our players are going to play in the IPL. Um, majority of the, there's a lot of players that are not gonna, probably not going to have contracts that are, that are not going to have time to practice before the, the international event. So injuries, I, that, that's a massive thing. Um, injuries also cost a lot, especially if you get a bad injury. And... Um, so, with regards to the thinking of Faf, yes, optimistic, but I think it's a little flawed. I think he's not thinking about the fact that how much it's going to cost to us to get South African team over there. I mean, there are poorer countries as well that won't be able to, that have to get themselves ready for India as well. And have to also do all the testing. You have to make sure that you don't have the virus first and foremost. And those tests are expensive, dependable on where you stay. And also, with regards to our home and keeping fit, 
I've spoken to quite a few guys on our lockdown series. Um, so we have episodes on our lockdown series. You can go check it. And some of the guys that we've spoken to, some of them don't have big yards. They don't have places where they can run up and down and keep fit to the level that they need to be fit and keep their cricket skills sharp is the important thing. Some guys have very expensive um, apartments, but they, they don't have a massive yard or garden. Plus the restrictions in South Africa, you only can train between six and nine. So that's the only training you really get in. And with regards to mingling with each other, you can't really do that either. So where are you going to get that cricket exposure and that, and that cricket practice? And now with the IPL, most likely not that bad able to happen. T20 cricket, South Africans are not going to play a lot of T20 cricket. So it's, it's, a, it's a proper problem, I think. Yeah, some of the nations who are taking part in, uh, in the T20 World Cup. Uh, so you have uh, all of the full member nations, bar Zimbabwe. Uh, but even within that, uh, you've got Pakistan, uh, where which has uh, well-noted infrastructure issues. Uh, Afghanistan, uh, which uh, is a, a reasonable, I would say a major cricketing power, but certainly as a, uh, as a nation is, uh, is, not in a, is not in a good place and has not been for uh, as long as it has existed. Uh, Papua New Guinea, uh, Oman, Namibia, uh, and then you've got nations uh, in the in the in the Western world, in the more economically developed parts of the world, uh, but where the cricketing infrastructure isn't isn't in place. Uh, the Netherlands, Ireland, and Scotland, all of which actually do have, in normal times, very good cricketing infrastructure, but they are not well funded by uh, by the ICC. Uh, Ireland, in particular, we spoke to Warren Dutram, the CEO of Cricket Ireland, uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, and he he already has personally had to bail out Ireland uh, Cricket Ireland since they became a full member. Uh, they've had their entire fixture list cancelled uh, for the for this summer. Um, it, uh, kind of the interesting you, you raise the point of who's going to fund the uh, the testing. Firstly, I mean, whether whether you can morally justify having the uh, having that amount the amount of testing that's going to have to happen for yeah. 16, 15 member. Uh, player squads plus support staff plus ancillary staff plus staff at the grounds plus broadcasting crews uh i think i remember seeing that it takes even behind closed doors it takes about 200 people to put on a major sporting event and you're gonna have to test them if not daily certainly weekly uh and that's uh more testing it seems to me than can be morally justified now whether uh those questions will be uh, taken seriously uh given the money involved is another is another question but it would seem even by the standards of the big 3 legacy era ICC in which we uh who currently run the game it would seem callous for the ICC not to not to help member boards fund that themselves. The idea of member boards having to fund testing of their own players is uh, I think would be almost criminal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but, sorry, just uh, sorry, Ankit, um, just before we, we yeah. come to that, um, your, your thoughts of, uh, of FAF's uh, two-week quarantine window? Uh, like you said, even if we were cons- we were to consider that the quarantine window would work, then you are talking about testing 200 people at least on an alternate day basis. You cannot leave that to a week. One of them gets infected and all of them are infected. I recently read somewhere one of the people uh, working in a factory, he was infected. He was actually infected. They did not take care of it and he potentially infected 600 other people working in the same place. 
so that is how bad it can get this is like a spiral effect so if you unless you test people on a daily basis you cannot think of it and now with the economic situation for every country like not just india everybody is struggling there is no business like all of the economies are struggling in that sort of a scenario you are trying to put pressure on everybody else for a sport now how do you justify that even if uh, like i don't think the possibility of cricket resuming unless the all everything else is resumed like i said this comes very late in the order of resumption the industry is not functioning in a country like india maybe uh, people are working from home but that is to a certain extent there are industries that need people to work from there there is no travel so unless you have everything resumed in full capacity you won't be looking at cricket and in, at the end of the day for a country like india uh, bcci gets all of that money the indian, indian government does so for them to organize all of that like all of the fluff for them to give them the facility to organize testing and all of that with limited resources and restrictions that is not going to happen yeah the uh, to to put some uh, some context behind what what Ankit just said uh, there's been a battle over the BCCI's tax exempt status uh, for some time but that has not yet been resolved and while the BCCI sorry the Indian government uh, does get a significant uh, I was going to say propaganda but no I'm going to go with that propaganda and and world status uh, boost from the success of the of the Indian cricket team uh, and it is a tool that the that the current indian government uh, under narendra modi uh, has used to to enhance its reputation around the world in a uh, in a similar way that we see other other cases of uh, what what has been dubbed sport washing uh, around the world the the indian government doesn't uh, directly financially benefit and and so the uh, the direct financial uh, benefactors would be the BCCI which is why they and their high profile representatives such as sort of Ganguly and Ravi Shastri are are pushing it um we uh, we will talk about uh what potential hope there might be on the uh, on the horizon and uh where we think that uh the this might all be resolved and how uh, after the break uh, but uh, first we'll have a short musical interlude in which we'll politely request your money to secure our ongoing existence Alternative Cricket Commentary, bringing you laughs, bringing you jingles, bringing you joy. We are Gorillas. We need your Patreon.com forward slash Gorilla Cricket. Welcome back to the Gorilla Cricket Podcast with me, Nakul M. Pandey owner and editor of South African publication Cricket Fanatics magazine, Khaled Mohideen, and co-founder and editor of our partners Crick Tracker, Ankit Mishra. We're discussing the looming schedule stranash between the IPL and the Men's T20 World Cup and how we might resolve it. We've talked about the current options on the table. We've talked about the rather pessimistic-looking picture in terms of hosting major tournaments, uh, whether within one country uh, with... Uh, uh, with domestic teams or whether an international uh, tournament. And we've talked about uh, Faf Duplessis' uh, potential uh, solution for uh, for having a T20 World Cup with a two-week quarantine window. Uh, we will uh, devote the second half of the podcast to talking about uh, the, 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 the major question and the crux of all of this 
uh, issue. Uh, so we'll go we'll go around the room, starting with you, Ankit. Uh, so the the scenarios on the table are both tournaments take place either in 2020 or uh, sort of postponed uh, into into the 2020-2021 season. One tournament takes place, if so, which one, or none. Uh, and then it's a slightly complicated uh, structured question. So which is, uh, there's kind of two parts, which is most likely and which is most desirable? Because uh, given, the, given the financial incentives involved, and I know you say that sport is not a priority, but for uh, a lot of people uh, who are financially involved with, with cricket, it is. And uh, in, in India in particular, well, yes, all of us. Uh, I, I, meant, uh, I meant more financially involved, but, uh, uh, but yeah, for all of us, uh, th- those who pull the, pull the levers of power, uh, cricket is an industry in India, and it's a major industry uh, in India. Uh, so the... Uh, there, there may be a, um, there may be a, a push to do things that might not necessarily be desirable uh, in the interest of protecting those uh, those financial positions. Uh, so, uh, both tournaments, one or none. For 2020, I would say at best we could have a T20 World Cup that towards the end of the year. If that I'm saying being very optimistic, if things go back to normal, then we have the T20 World Cup. For the IPL, another challenge that we need to consider is even if there is a lot of money involved and uh, a lot of key players at stake, uh, who has the money to spend it on advertising in that? The biggest revenue for the BCCI is brands tying up with the tournament. If they uh, they do have a longer contract with a few, but then you would not have regular spends on advertising. Most of them would want to pull out right now because even larger corporations are right now struggling to sustain. For them to then pull out crores of crores of rupees to just fund their marketing on the IPL where they are not sure if it will create any impact on the output, then that money is in doubt. With that in doubt, uh, you are not sure of what People are not going to be in the in the stadium, so there's no stadium money. All the money you can make is through advertisement, and that too on on the broadcast, the television and stream. Then you're talking about it becomes very difficult because it's extremely complex. Uh, you have a lot of factors to involve. You need a government's uh, approval. You need their security. You need their travel. You need the infrastructure. Uh, state-wise, extremely difficult uh, to get there. Like. Uh, Across states in India, there are different governments. The situation is different. Somebody might favor it, but somebody might not. And even if the central government wants to do it, there are there are states run by opposition governments which will totally deny doing that. Yeah, we've had a few state uh, achievements right at the very start of all this. I think in Maharashtra and I think in Rajasthan uh, as well, uh, essentially denying. Uh, access to to the IPL when it looked like it might go ahead in April. Um, so even in, I'm sorry to interrupt, but even in a general circumstance, because IPL runs through the summer in India, in states like Maharashtra, where it is extremely harsh, we've had ac- activists actually uh, asking the government to not waste water on putting it on stadiums because people don't have access to water. So now you're talking, we are not even talking water, we are talking about life. We are talking about access to healthcare. So if you want to privilege the players over the normal people, then how do you justify that? Yeah, that was a big thing a few years ago. Some games got moved out of Maharashtra uh, when there was a uh, a major water crisis uh, in uh, in India. I'm actually just on that on that point. Um, how this became a, a live issue in Cape Town a few years ago uh, 
uh, when there was a test match going on when Cape Town was having its uh, its its quite significant uh, drought. So it's not it's not unforeseeable that there is a uh, the in, the infrastructure challenges that uh, this pandemic is going to cause will will harden even people who would be in favour of sport returning uh, against it. Yeah, um, this was tough. I mean, obviously, with all the domestic cricket that was cancelled, club cricket was cancelled. Uh, so you couldn't. Work, I mean, South Africa needs that, especially with the heat as well um, in, in, in the country. You need that moisture for the pitches, etc. Okay, some some um, stadiums had um, boreholes, etc. Like Newlands had a very good borehole, etc. But I mean, even then, restrictions were, were crazy. Um, so I agree with you. Um, and obviously talking about, I agree 100% with Ankit, but I would, if I had to choose between this, I would go completely, maybe 2021, um, if I was going to be realistic, because I mean, with other than the IPL, what else does it benefit? So besides the players that are playing from overseas, I don't see any of our countries benefiting from it. I know that CSA in themselves is going to have to put recoveries in place because sponsors, etc. we've already lost the major sponsor in, in Standard Bank. Um, so now finding a new sponsor during this period, um, getting the enough game time as well over the next time. I don't think we'll be near re- ready for 2020 and I don't think we'll even be, our players won't even be ready for the IPL um, <laughs> um, guys to get fit. And when you're talking about the IPL, it's only a handful of players that will be part of that squad. So to get us ready for 2020, I think it's almost impossible. Um, so I'm only going to talk from a South African point of view with, with regards to that. And I think 2020 is a, is, is more likely than having anything. So you would see the uh, the calendar year of 2020 in terms of the two major competitions that we're, we're talking about, and there, there is bilateral cricket to consider as well, but uh, that's, mm. uh, that's, a, that's for another podcast. You would see the calendar year of 2020 as essentially a write-off. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, I think that there's too much risk involved, especially for South Africans. There's, I mean, I think there's way too much risk involved with regards to us continuing cricket or continuing sport here in this period. I think that the interactions with people from the township, I mean, you can see already without restrictions, if one person, like one cashier or one person in a supermarket gets coronavirus and is tested positive for coronavirus, the whole shopping center process down until the whole place is disinfected, etc. Because they know the risk. If it gets into townships like Langa, if it gets into Kailicha, if it gets into Mitchell's Plain where there's 300, 400,000 people, I mean, one person in that area can't afford to go for testing, can't afford to get checked even if they, if they have it. And another thing that we haven't discussed is the underlying health issues. People that have underlying health issues that, that can be affected by this. There are cricketers that maybe have diabetes, etc., that can be affected majorly by this. And if, if they can't make it into the World Cup squad or because of those reasons, because the, the risk for them is way too high. So I think there's too much risk involved with that, especially when we don't know and we're not even close to getting a vaccine. We don't even know what causes it exactly besides the facts that we can just keep based on other flu um, strands of before. We're using the same basically regurgitated information to kind of keep ourselves safe. But we don't know exactly how, how fast it's going to spread and how fast it's going to travel, etc. Um, so, and who has it and who doesn't. We saw an incident with Idris Alba, and I'm using a crazy mm-hmm. example, but Idris Alba had the coronavirus, didn't show any, him and his daughter didn't show any signs. Um, Without the money to be able to go get tested, they would never know. So for, for, for reasons like that alone, I feel like it's too much of a risk, especially for the poorer countries that can't afford it, um, whose boards can't afford to, to inject a lot of money into the infrastructure to get those things in place. Yeah, and I think that 
again, we, we, we talked about this in the first half of the podcast, but it is an indication of the severity and the scope of the, uh, of the situation in which we find ourselves that I, I've sounded a few times, like I might've been defending the BCCIs and the ICC's position in terms of, uh, in terms of getting the tournament going, because despite all these financial pressures, and we've talked a lot about this a little bit with the ECB in terms of staging of tournaments like the T20 blast and the postponement of a hundred, uh, I'm not at all, but I'm, I'm interested in cricket governance. And if anyone, if you're even slightly interested in cricket governance, you, you have to be aware that money talks and, and, and the power that money brings talks and the, the stranglehold that uh, the powerful boards have over the rest of the game, given the ICC's structure as not really a governing body uh, are, are realities that we all have to consider when we consider uh, cricket on a macro level but even with all those pressures and even with all those pressures from broadcasters to uh, to fulfill their contracts with boards even with all the pressures from sponsors to recoup their marketing spend we are still in a situation where balancing all that against the uh, the risks that you Khalid have so uh, so eloquently uh, stated we are probably going to be in a situation where it's going to be a long time before cricket returns to anything like normal. We could go on for hours and people paid to do so will, but that's all we've got time for in this week's Gorilla Cricket Podcast. Thank you very much for your insight and your time to owner and editor of Cricket Fanatics magazine, Khaled Mohideen. Thank you, guys. Thanks. And co-founder and editor of Crick Tracker, Ankit Mishra. It's a great discussion. Pleasure to be here. And special thanks as ever to our West Yorkshire wizard, editor and producer, John Stone. Remember, if you sign up as a patron at any donation level at patreon.com forward slash Gorilla Cricket, you get our podcast before anybody else. That's a lot of podcasts now, as well as this show. We've got our county, county cricket and book review show, Gorillasha, hosted by Tony Bishop, which returned this week with an excellent interview with author Anindya Dutta about his new book, Wizards, the story of Indian spin bowling. Uh, you also get the occasional stream of consciousness stylings of the alternative Gorilla Cricket podcast. But nobody gets denied for want of funds at GC. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, and Podbean, so please download, share, and subscribe. Those of you who are listening on iTunes in particular, please leave us a review and a five-star rating so more people can find the show. We'll be back with another edition of Gorilla Origin Stories next week, then another big feature the week after, then back to Origin Stories, and so on and so on. In between times, join us for more Dickwell Abroad Alzac Trophy action, and please, if you can, give generously to our Just Giving appeal to raise money for ourselves and the excellent people at the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. That link is pinned to our Twitter feed, Facebook page, and Instagram bio. Uh, but until then, be safe, be as happy as can be. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.